Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, and welcome to the AEW Rampage Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamphlet from What Culture, to review everything that happened on Friday night's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Rampage, but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a mini quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet, Michael Sidgwick, enjoying a well-earned day off today. And we are here to review... Hey, I just met you. <laughs> and a quick thank you to just everyone who tweeted me on, I believe it was Friday, to say, hey, if you haven't played uh, Hurdle today, <laughs> might be worth a go. Yes, I uh, heard this song on the radio a few days back and was singing our version of it to my wife, who was, uh, well, she's kind of just got used to us, I suppose, now after a few years of being married to me, that that's, that's the lot she's stuck with in life. Yeah. Anyway. You sent me that hurdle as well. Yeah. On the Friday, we're like, you, you got to check out the hurdle. I thought, this is absolutely fantastic. This is going to be a better use of my time than watching AEW Rampage. You weren't wrong. But yeah, I was grateful to get that hurdle. Sorry. Oh, no, Zid just cancelled his holiday. <laughs> He's going back already. No, um, this was, of course, the basketball-themed episode of AEW Rampage. Was it a slam dunk, Michael Hamlet? God, is that what it was? Yeah. Is it, like, before we record, a bit of a podcast production notes. We, if you can believe this, we actually sometimes have, like, mini-production meetings before these sort things. Of. You wouldn't think it by listening to them, but we do sometimes <laughs> discuss what's going to go into the content of these. And I was like, oh, I just got something lined up for the start. No bother. Looking forward to it. <laughs> was it a slam dunk pamphlet? Swish. Uh, I wouldn't you say... You're a basketball guy? Do you, know why, do you know how much I like basketball? Go on. Like, I, I own... A Miami Heat jersey. Ooh. I own a Magic jersey because I idiotically bought them on a trip to Florida thinking I would wear them ever. <laughs> and then you come back to England and you think, oh, there is uh, no call for me and my pasty white arms to be out in a basketball vest. <laughs> but I love, and I mean love. We've discussed, I'm not a competitive person. Mm. I'm kind of the opposite. When, the, uh, this, when competitiveness occurs in a room I'm in, I kind of shrivel up and die inside. So I just like back out of mm-hmm. competition with one single exception, and that is those uh, free throw games you get in arcades, bowling alleys. Oh, and yeah. Like, I kick your f***ing arse at those games, <laughs> if I may. Like, And one of the great moments of my adult life, yeah, we'll say that, yeah. was... Um, Married with two children, Michael Hamlet there. Yeah, this was definitely before the two kids came along. Me and my wife were in... Um, 
uh, Disney World in Florida, and they had a place called Disney Quest. I don't think it's there anymore. Anyone listening to this that like is a Florida Disney person and went, for, I would say at least 2010 and before, will like have very, very fond memories of Disney Quest. It was an arcade, an amusement arcade. And um, what do they call them in America? I don't know. Oh, I had this the video other day. Ga- video arcades. Yeah. Video arcades. So one of them, basically. Four floors. So every kind of thing that you get in an arcade, whether it be like uh, like video, actual video games, like football games, the more interactive ones where you're sat on a bike or in a car yeah, or yeah. kicking a ball or whatever. And then you've got like the basketball ones and the, what's the thing where you slide the ball up? Ski and ball. Ski, well, I played that over the weekend. Ski ball, all that kind of stuff. Every machine was free. What? Every machine had a start button that was just constantly lit up. Mm, yeah. Hang on, just, wait a second. Oh my God. Since we're not going to be using that very much. Uh, <laughs> and I have a weird, like, I, I'm rubbish at all sports. Um, well, all fake sports. I'm really good at real ones, such as snooker, <laughs> darts, and uh, arcade basketball and the like. You have seen firsthand. Yeah, I was going to say. I have say. a knack for cornhole, which we never even played before until it was pitch black under the only lights of the AT&T Stadium in Dallas, Texas. Oh, and I was back. like, I could uh, drop a beanbag in a hole for about 300 yards. Check this out. And then it actually went in. It was on telly. We were watching a film at the same time as well. There's like a giant screen playing... Uh, I can't remember. Train wreck? My entire life was so unbelievably euphoric that yeah. I couldn't give you any more of the specific details of the set. It's like an unfinished video game where they've d- done the primary characters, but they forgot to draw the background in. That was pretty much my life for four Feels or five like days. a dream sequence, that, looking back now. Yeah, I did a, I did a lap around a, a makeshift fountain, like, water feature, <laughs> celebrating my achievement. Yeah, so I've got... Um, that's my interest in basketball. Long answer to that short got question. Okay. I like the arcade free-throw things. So the Heat are your team. I suppose they are, yeah. Yeah. Who are yours? Milwaukee Bucks. Not just because of Janice, who I believe was actually at this show, maybe. Oh, the Bucks. I thought the Bucks. Oh, Colts. Yeah. I was going to say the Bucks are NFL, aren't they? Yeah. I need to check how our XFL team got on. I've already, I've already <laughs> well, forgotten. Las Vegas Vipers or whatever they were called. We had another one, didn't we? There was a, it wasn't San Antonio Brahmas, but that's the only one I think of now. <laughs> yeah, um, the Bucks are only because, like, everyone likes the Bulls. Mm-hmm. If you're the same age as me, because yeah. you grew up and it was Space Jam and Michael Jordan. Dominance, and, yeah. all that. Um, but the books were uh, basically, I was on our honeymoon actually, mm-hmm. and we made friends with a group of Americans who we've weirdly stayed in touch with. Ah. But obviously, uh, technically, them getting to Jamaica is slightly easier than. Yeah. <laughs> So they were like, we're heading back there. I was like, oh, it was kind of a once-in-a-lifetime thing, to be honest <laughs> with me, mate. Um, but, yeah, we made friends with them, and they uh, they were like, oh, they just gave us, like, caps and stuff. They had loads of Milwaukee book, yeah. books merch that they just went. So I was just like, cool. And also, it's one of those, like, I assume it, it's a bit like if uh, an American person come, came to the UK and was like, what soccer team should I support? And someone was like, here's a load of Man City stuff, and then they go and win everything. Yeah, I think that basically the moment, the year... Following that honeymoon, the books won the whole, the whole, the b- whole thing, this whatever it is. Well. Yeah. Well, so that was it. So I was there. The Heat were in the news, which is why I got one because it was the um, the original drama. Uh, what should I do when Thingy left uh, the Cavaliers? LeBron. Yeah, to go to Miami Heat. The goat. It was all of that drama was happening at the time when we were in Florida. Um, and actually, was I that was, the one where he did like a press conference or like an interview on telly? And he, at the end, he was going to reveal which team he was yeah, going oh, to. Oh, there was huge drama around him. Honestly, we became like a real heel for going to Miami Heat. But even then, I went to the Amway Center, which I think is the home of the Magic, because mm-hmm. uh, it's Orlando, obviously. But the Heat jersey was nicer, so I got that one instead. <laughs> and I, I think it might have even had James on the back. I'm not sure. I should like basketball more than I do. I remember thinking this. I watched a bit of a game on the telly once over there, 
and it's a, it's like football on edibles. Like it's a, <laughs> it's not like American football isn't like soccer football, our mm, football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't really adjust the way you watch a game of football over here to how it works over mm-hmm. there. Basketball, you sort of can. Like the, the principle is to say a ball has to go in something netted <laughs> and it requires a series of passes and ideally one you break fast and then you've got to, you know, sort of organise your defence, defence. So the key components make basketball, I think, the most accessible version of an American sport if you're pivoting from football yeah. over here. And yet I've just never found the time to probably sit down and invest. Yeah, I've got more into it. I've watched... Um, Finally getting around to watching The Last Dance properly now. I've just watched The oh, Redeem awesome. Team yeah. on, on Netflix. That's awesome. You should give well. uh, Tiger King a go. <laughs> I wish um, <laughs> I wish uh, goals in football counted for like two if it was outside a certain yeah. area. Uh-huh. James Ward-Prowse would clean up. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. And as well, like I love the um, like being able to get... American sports are better at this in general, but like the sports are kind of set up for you to just try something daft when there's like... Three seconds on the clock. Yeah. The fact that you can change a game in that last second because you can't in football. Like you're kind of waiting for the referee to blow up or the defence taking it down the corner or things like the that. The only thing we get comparable to that happened at the weekend where they're just like, um, last minute, do you want the, the goalie to go up for a corner as well? <laughs> yeah. And either it's, oh my God, a goalkeeper's scored. That never happens. Or, well, team, usually team what had, happens. team haven't had a penalty for 500 days <laughs> and they're playing against Sunderland. We should probably get them, man. Anyway, let's talk about Rampage. Oh, yeah, that's what we're here for. And I was uh, just having a like, It's been nice. I haven't seen you over the weekend. We yeah. haven't been able to talk about the rest and stuff. It's nice to yeah, catch Yeah, we up. will talk more about Elimination Chamber on our Raw preview, if anyone's wondering, by the way. If anyone's still listening, by yes. the way. Um, so, obviously, yes, this was Slam Dunk Rampage because yeah. uh, of NBA All-Star Weekend or whatever it was. Uh, and it opened with uh, people who love a bit of basketball, mm-hmm. uh, that being Top Flight, AR Fox, and the Elite for the Elite's Trios Championships. Um, also, completely forgot about Kenny Omega being a double champ. He came down wearing two belts, including the IWGP US Championship. It was almost a tease, that wasn't it? There he was in his singles title, and that kind of reminded me, like, oh, I'd quite like to watch you defend that. Um, and then I would, the more I, this match went on, the more I was thinking, I'd quite like you to defend that against one of the people you're in this match with. Mm. And I think that match is going to exist because you're not going to be able to hit your finisher on that guy. You implanted that in my head the other day And then I was thinking the exact same thing And then the match happened I went, oh cool (laughs) That's that then Um, So yes, this was not only, you know Dressed as basketball players This was a basketball theme They brought the walls down to to the ring There was a tip-off to start Between, I think it was uh, Dante Martin and, and Nick Jackson Dante concentrated more on the basketball Nick concentrated more on the wrestling side yeah. to take over. I just want to say, right, I did like this enough. I thought this was cute enough. It outstayed its welcome like a tiny bit, but nowhere near as much as Jim Ross appeared to be pissed off about it. Oh. There was a point where, it's The Rock? Is it called The Rock? Like, uh, yes. Where they're like, oh, he's handing him The Rock. I was handing him The Rock, is he? <laughs> like, he was absolutely raging. And I was thinking, even I was going like, right, Jimmy's up. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let him have that thing. It's a titan. It's a bit of corporate synergy. There was a, a bit of basketball miscommunication. I think one of the young books got hit with one that was aimed at an opponent at one point. Um, AR Fox, who I've fallen in love with. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm really grateful to AEW because they've introduced me to so many wrestlers that I just, you know, for my sins, wouldn't have been aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, Eddie Kingston, Kanosuke Takeshita, and someone like AR Fox. He did some insane flips out of the ring. He flipped out onto... The young bucks, then he flipped out the other side onto Kenny Omega, and then he got back in and with a basketball uh, flipped out onto the bucks again. And the elite are calling for a timeout and stuff. Um, Dante Martin constantly impresses me. 
Montez Ford-esque with the height he gets mm. off the top, um, which is the biggest compliment I can give him. Um, AR Fox got a near fall with a 450 onto Matt. Um, top flight are held in the ropes by Matt and uh, Kenny at one point, and Nick sentons onto both of them. Um, but then the finish saw AR Fox backflip into a triple super kick. Nick Escalera, Nick Jackson, that is Escalera's onto, uh, well, uh, what's left of AR Fox and uh, Dante Martin on the outside. And then Darius got hit with a V trigger from Kenny Omega. One winged angel, one, two, three. The elite retain their t- trio's titles as we anticipated. As usual, I am at a crossroads with the elite. So if you'll permit me to waffle on here because I've got so little to say about the majority of the rest of the show, mm-hmm. this feels like the place to do it. I cannot be arsed, in truth, with the trios division already. Um, the belts don't feel meaningful. Kenny Mager on a, I think it was a podcast with Swerve over the weekend, made a point of like, well, that's just what I'm doing now. It's fun. Like, wrestling's supposed to be fun, and we're having a lot of fun with the trios belts. So then, some, like dickhead like me on a podcast whinging about them having fun feels so unnecessary. How Mm. dare you? How dare you enjoy your jobs when you should be doing something (laughs) that I deem not significant enough? So then I feel bad for like trying to deprive these people of fun and indeed deprive the fans that love this kind of thing. Because I didn't hate this. But what I felt like I was watching, and I kind of love the ambition of it, is that the elite thought, can we have a four and a half star match that is also half a three-on-three basketball piss about. Yes. And, like, I really admire the ambition of that. They didn't, ultimately. Mm. It was quite good, but it wasn't, this, like, the level of which you were you sort of permitted to expect from the elite. Like, this match... And, the fact, they've done it before. Yeah, this... And this is the thing. Like, my head's everywhere with these guys, man. Because this match... I preferred this original match to pretty much anything in the Best of Seven series, maybe apart from the first one. Mm-hmm. I was electrified by it. Like, proper squealing at the telly, the chemistry between them, the high spots were just insane. And I'm not feeling like there's going to be any less of that going forward with the Young Bucks and Kenny in the division. I just don't care. Mm. Like, I'm not... It's 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 the most... Like I love empty calories food, so when empty calories is used <laughs> as an example of something bad, I don't really understand yes. it. Cedric's the one for the food analogies. But, like, uh, you're just having a McDonald's or whatever, it's empty calories. I, I love McDonald's. <laughs> so I, like, shovel it in my gob. I'm having cereal at one in the morning. Do I look like a man that needs gourmet? So... Like, this is empty calories wrestling, but I'm the type of loser that actually thinks that, like, cereals and McDonald's taste good. Mm. And I'm not feeling much taste off this. I'm not left with a, a tingle on the tongue or anything. I just, like... Feels like the coldest the Elite has been since the start of AEW. Yeah, and it's so weird saying that when the action is Absolutely. so hot. It's so strange. Like, again, I feel like it, like maybe they'll start to resent people saying what you're doing if they're enjoying it. Um Maybe they'll get pissed off every time that there's a suggestion that even one or both sides might go to the WWE. You know, with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, there always seems to be this, recently at least, this, I don't even know where it comes from. It's just fun to dive into when it occurs because then you can imagine like what, you know, how AEW would look or who Kenny Omega would face or whatever. And then you have Kenny Omega working in Japan where he switches on the serious and you just like see him on an, yeah, a complete yeah. other level. I don't know what to take from any of this. And... Although this setup, and you haven't mentioned the chat, sorry, like mm-hmm. obviously we get the coming out afterwards <laughs> to confirm yeah, that. Yeah, lights out, lights off, lights on, Malachi Black and Brody King on the stage, that's all. Like Wednesday, that was as much a shortcut to a match than a story for one. And I think it was Sid that said this on our Dynamite review. They've never not been in something that feels quite big and saga based and encouraging you to like look for clues and look for things. And this has been what? Like one Brandon Cutler attack. A magic powers video interruption and this. Yeah. 
That's it's quite lightweight, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I, like I get it on paper. The moment that House of Black returned and they were in the middle of that best of seven, you were like, cool, well, that's where they need to go immediately mm. after that. And they've kind of faffed about a bit. I don't know what on earth's going on with Eddie Kingston and the, the House of Black storyline. That Dropped, was all a bit, yeah, muddled. And we're finally getting to it. And I think, it's, you know, I think it's going to be a lovely send-off for Kenny Omega. <laughs> so, yeah, they don't like Kenny it. Do they can't stand it, can you, if you just joke about it on Twitter? They don't like it up them. <laughs> I will tell you that, they do not like it up them. I think he's going to be a great United States champion, Kenny Omega. Like, he's been the IWGP United States champion. Yeah. And I'm sure, I'm sure Austin Theory can drag a great match out of Omega as well. Gunther has had nothing but great television title defences, and his victory over Kenny Omega would be added to the list. <laughs> I don't see what... Look, like, can it reach Madcap Moss levels? We will have to wait and see, but mm. is that not the joint Spencer Pro Wrestling, Adam Wilbon? Sorry, when I said American champion, United States champion, I meant uh, North American champion, because obviously he needs to go to NXT and learn the... Learn the learn the ropes. Of course, yes. He could maybe he could maybe get Braun Breaker a run from his money. Spear mm. vs. Vidriger. But first, he needs to be corrupted by the GM. <laughs> I would, I would piss my pants with glee if Kenny Omega went to NXT. Please welcome the latest member of Andre Chase University, Kenny Omega. Kenneth Omega. And he'd be brilliant at it. Yeah. How, like, I mean, that is preposterous fantasy booking, but he would be so good in, like, like he'd see NXT as like a. Uh, a challenge, yeah, for his for his crit. Just how creative he is. What are we doing? Like, what are we even saying here? Like, somewhere right now, so our beloved colleague Michael Sedgwick is just trying to enjoy a day off. Yeah, and something in the back of his mind is it? What are they doing? Something what the hell are they I doing? Feel something's going wrong. Yeah, here. yeah. Look, at the end of the day, for people who are getting annoyed by that and saying, "Oh, come on, no one watches NXT nowadays." You could say the same about Rampage. And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Did he just setting up his own button bit? Yes, he did. <laughs> We're like unruly school children when the teacher's off and we've got a supply teacher. Of like a surprisingly good corporate synergy match as well. Yeah. Uh, this is all off the back of like the elite, like kind of it's achieving just something. It's Rampage at the end of the day. Like yeah. the big thing on Rampage happened at the end. We'll, we'll get to that. We all talk about that. But yeah. Like, yeah, this was a fun match. We all knew the result. Me and Sid said it as much on the Rampage preview. Um, and what I hoped would happen at the end of it, you know, maybe not to the extent that I was hoping for, i.e. considering we're, what, two weeks away two from... Two weeks. Uh, away from uh, AW Revolution. Yeah, it, that's in a little over... And I want to see, yeah, the Elite vs. House of Black. Unbelievable. But it was yeah. just a bit like... I mean, we used to say this about NXT. Oh, cool, you just appear on a stage and stare at people. There's yeah. your match, job done. This is the thing, the trio's... Division, in my opinion, was always set to be flawed. I was, I was, I was once labelled a miserable bastard for not being that <laughs> asked about trios wrestling, but I still don't think they have found the happy medium between mm. these kick-ass matches and actual stories. Mm. Like until we get there, I think there's a big window for criticism for these trios belts and this division at large. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A couple of videos next. The guns were complaining about wearing their tag titles. Obviously, complaining about the acclaimed getting a rematch. They don't care who wins the, the battle royals that are going to happen on Dynamite this week to make up the rest of that fate or whatever it's called. Not called a fate, it's just called a four-way, innit? Four-way sense, yeah. Um, welcome to the gun show. I don't know how you're still feeling about the guns as world cha- uh, tag champs. I don't know. I'll wait, I think, until I see who gets slotted into these two mm. matches of Revolution. That match, uh, like, I want to think that it's going to be Sting and Derby. And uh, maybe I'm hoping against hope here it's going to be FTR. But if you look at, like, big, quote-unquote, teams in that match... Outrunners. And, and the Outrunners. And the guns were there to kind of lose these belts without... Like, to lose the belts to one of these big teams without the acclaimed having to do it, mm. then maybe the ends will justify the means. But I'm I'm I still middling so. yeah. on this, this whole thing. Uh, Orange Cassidy's getting very briefly interviewed by Mark Henry before he's confronted by Wheeler Utah. Yeah. And they run through the history of Utah with the best friends team. Um, and Utah's furious, basically. He's been a bit of an arsehole. Um, and he says, uh, your title reign offends me. It's like you don't even care to Orange Cassidy. Um and uh, OC basically is like, he's quite fired up for, for Orange mm. Cassidy here. So clearly we're not friends anymore. He says, you want this? Come take it. Yeah, thanks for the history lesson, Willie. I hate it. You're a bitch. Like, what was this? I don't know. Like, he he chose to, I don't even like best friends, right? I love Orange Cassidy now, but I don't like best friends. And when he chose to leave them for the BCC, was there a single person that went, I think you're making a bad move there, pal. Mm. Like, that looked like the easiest career decision that he'd ever had to make. And he made it willfully off his own back. Welcomed in, like, christened in blood by that match with John Moxley. In he comes. No hard feelings, I guess, until he decides to manifest some that apparently make it best friend's fault. Like, are they trying to make Wheelie uh, some gaslighting bitch prick here or what? Like, I want Orange Cassidy to punch his head off. <laughs> and I'm not even really rooting for Orange Cassidy's side of the argument. And when Wheelie said, uh, you made me look a clown and replaced me with a clown, I get it, it's to make a reference to Dan Housen. Did they make him look a clown? Not that I remember. No, I just, I, like... They love these setups to matches, and that's fine. And Orange Cassidy and Wheelie could be something, actually. But I just, I don't think I get this Uta gimmick at the moment. And I don't. So, well, the thing where he was like, "Oh, you know, you brought me in to replace Trent whilst yeah. Trent was injured, and then you know when Trent came back, what happened happened." And I was like, "Yeah, but that was you getting your foot in the door. Surely you should be grateful for." I don't left know. of your own volition. I don't know. I feel like they've kind of like uh, made a bit of a mess of their own history with that character. And I'm not sure with Wheelie Uta if. They know what his alignment is, and maybe it's something to do with what's going to happen with the Blackpool Combat Club. Mm. All doesn't seem well there. So at some point, there's probably got to be some sort of heel-babyface split. Something's just, going on with him and Brian, isn't it? Uh, in general, BCC isn't 
what it seems is that like Moxley looking like everything's fine, there's like the fight people is not really what's happening at the core of that, is it? Mm. Um, right next up, it was time for Ricky Starks, who was in action against. Oh, sorry, I've messed up my notes here. Can't remember. Oh, that was it. He's facing someone from the JS. That never happens. Uh, Daniel Garcia. Uh, nothing against Daniel Garcia or Ricky Starks. Of course, we are moaning about the fact that this storyline has gone on forever mm. and will keep going until about two weeks on Sunday. Um, look, this is the thing. I'm, I'm writing my notes about this, watching Rampage this morning, right? I've just written, Ricky Starks is great. <laughs> he does his little tightrope walk. He's over with the fans, obviously. It's just... The thing we I've been we've been complaining about for weeks, if not months, if not arguably years, that occasionally you get into that Chris Jericho vortex, is as we've dubbed it, and mm-hmm. it's almost inescapable. Um, the story of the match is Starks's legs buggered basically. Garcia dragon screws it in the ropes as they go to a break and targets it throughout. Uh, when we come back, Ricky Starks goes for a spear, but the leg gives out, so Garcia puts him in the dragon tamer. Guevara. Uh, Sammy Guevara, that is, appears to pull the rope away as Ricky Starks is trying to reach through it to break up the hold. Action Andretti returns. We wondered where he was. Mm. He uh, brawls with Sammy up the ramp. Um, That allows a bit of a distraction so that uh, Garcia sort of gives up the submission. And in the end, Starks hits him with the spear and the Rochambeau for the one, two, three. And post-match, Sammy Guevara... I don't know where Andretti had disappeared to. (laughs) He comes back out, grabs a mic and challenges Action Andretti. Yeah, uh, this was... Outsmarted the JAS, I suppose. They did. Um, Andretti being gone, I guess, stopped them looking for him, which allowed him to help in the interference here. I, I'm assuming they'll probably explain where Andretti was other than recovering from... Because we last saw him getting beaten down or not. Mm. No, he was cutting the promo, wasn't he, with uh, Ricky Starks, that promo that was pretty ugly. Was that the last time we saw him? Oh, maybe, yeah. Andretti. Anyway, um, right, this comeback has at least answered those questions as to where he's been. Back next to Ricky. This match was better than Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho 2 will be. Yeah. Like there was like there was some real all the, like those words that are synonyms for each other. Zip and snap and panache. Like this was really, really slickly worked in places. Uh it, but the finish, the finish between Jericho and Starks at Revolution, assuming that we have that match there, will be the hottest bit of it after 10 to 12 minutes of Mostly just fine action. This was far better than just fine, but had the opposite problem. By the time you get to the finish, nobody was really that arsed. Mm. Like he was hitting Daniel Garcia with a Rochambeau, who is the best wrestler in the group, who is the one that is supposed to be gradually wrestling his way out of the group. And mm. he's getting out wrestled and beaten because it drives the storyline forward. And it's just really hard to, I found it hard to like care about either of these two as good as some of the work was. Mm. Uh, we got a promo package for Moxley versus Evil Uno. You will respect me, says Evil Uno, setting up the match, of course, or reiterating the match uh, on Wednesday night on Dynamite. <laughs> I, I'm going to read you verbatim my notes here for the entirety of the TBS Championship oh, match. Jade Cargill versus Vert Vixen. Um, <laughs> I wrote, 52 wins, dot, dot, dot. Make that 53. The only mo- note I made, other than obviously the pump kick into the jaded into the one, two, three was, oh, cool. Vert Vixen was trained by Jazz. Love her. Would have been even shorter if Jade Cargill didn't do those press-ups and taunts. Mm. Like, think, like, as short as this was, she could have wrapped it even sooner. This was a piss take. Continues to be a piss take. This Jade The streak Car- continues, I suppose. <laughs> this character feels so directionless. It is impossible. Or should I say, it should be impossible for someone like Jade Cargill to walk down that ramp and you to be like, 
oh, this again. And yet here, I, like this beggar's belief. Like I know that every opponent can't be competitive. I know that every opponent can't have the, even the red velvet level of build where you're like, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. They're just killing time till Statland is back, isn't it? It's to find more creative ways to kill time. Like put her in feuds. You know what often happens in long stories is killing time. Kevin Owens was killing time at the Royal Rumble. Sami Zayn was killing time for Cody Rose at Elimination Chamber. Like, you just don't tell the fans you're killing time. You know what you do? You have a challenger say, I want to win that title, and I think I can beat you. Mm. And then they don't. And then it's all right, because the story's carried on. And nobody stopped being like, hmm, I'm just checking me watch here, waiting for the big show. Like, I don't mean Paul White. Like, <laughs> although I think Jade could take him. I, I just, I think, I don't think, I've seen that a lot, that take. Well, it's... They just sat on this until Chris Sattler comes back. You don't have to be. No. This is like, it's fake. It's your choice. Yeah, it was just... Uh, even the, you know... She's not working revolution, I don't think. No. There's no time. Inexplicable if she gets on that card. Like, I get it, and I love her, and I'm, she's a champion, mm-hmm. but what? Why? No story, is it? Or if she is, it's got to be... Her entrance will be longer than the match. Yeah. Because I like another... Maybe she does a squash in that Statlander's return. Yeah. Uh, like that sort of stage. I don't know, but either way, rubbish. Um, we get back and forth before the main event. Uh, it is Swerve Strickland versus Dustin Rhodes, of course. Um, Swerve's got Parker Boudreaux with him, but where's Trench? That's quite appropriate for this podcast, wasn't Indeed. it? Indeed. Because often he drops in, but obviously he wasn't able to here because he was missing. Um, a nice sort of rolling back of the years as well from Dustin Rhodes, that fired up promo. Mm. You cross the line talking about my family, he says, hell is coming for you, Swerve, and I'm coming with it. Still got it, hasn't he? He has. It's like, it's, you don't want to pat Dustin Rhodes' head, but yeah. often he comes out and it's like, yeah, you're all right, you. <laughs> and then, of course, it's over to Mark Henry for... Well, looks like we've had enough time. <laughs> it's time for the main... See that on your face, you've forgotten how long that was. Can you slow that down a bit each time? Do you like X 2.5 with each <laughs> week? Because I haven't done Rampage for a while. That's getting slower. <laughs> got to get to the mid-roll, lad, one way or another. He's got to get paid. Yeah. Hey, he was double duty tonight. Yeah. He said six words to Orange Cassidy. <laughs> there was more Mark Henry than usual. Sat like, didn't he sit down after the yeah. I'm staying out of this. <laughs> um, so Parker's ringside with Swerve. Um, but then, as Dustin makes his entrance, Parker goes to kill him mm-hmm. <laughs> and gets taken out with a bit of turnbuckle and disappears for the entirety of the match. Mm-hmm. Um, Dustin gets in there, starts brawling with Swerve, uh, who bites Dustin Rhodes to take over, drop kicks his head into the barricade on the outside, busts him open. That takes us to our final break of the night. Um, when we come back, yeah, Dustin's... Got the red face paint on, but he was also <laughs> added a little bit of his own. Uh, Swerve does, I don't even know what it's called, that awesome kick where he runs past him and goes, oh, oh he wants yeah. kick you, and then uh-huh. nails uh, Dustin in the head. Um, but he's only down for, well, he's barely down for one. He fires up, um, takes over, hits the infamous Rhodes uppercut, gets a code red and a near fall as a result of that. They uh, go back and forth as a midair uh Collision crossbody thing. Swerve hits a DVD, a Death Valley driver on the apron. That gets him a near fall. Um, Dustin comes back with a superplex and a pile driver for two and has it won. He hits Swerve with a crossroads and final reckoning. One, two, Parker Boudreaux pulls Dustin Rhodes out of the ring, hoys him into the steps, 
for another flipping DQ. <laughs> God. Just wish they could book like WWE. They don't have to resort to lazy DQ finishes. No. <laughs> That's not a big weekend shows. <laughs> but, of course, this was to serve a, a bigger purpose. And, yes, I'm joking, of course. They mentioned on commentary. Very rare that we mm. get a DQ. Um, but, yeah, I felt uh, weirdly like, good, I'm glad they've protected Dustin in this. I thought this was a really great finish. Because I'm running this back. This was really enjoyable. Loved it. Um, Dustin Rhodes, I... It's not a hot take to say that uh, guys don't sleep on Dustin Rose. Yeah, pass it on. <laughs> because he rarely has bad matches in here. He's had the odd one or two, but like his AWCV, resume, as Alan Sugar calls it, <laughs> as, I remember, as I was reminded of on last night's Apprentice. Um, oh, God, is that all going on right now? Yeah, it's, it airs on Thursdays, and I didn't get a chance to watch it until last night. So it's still pretty good, though. Like, it's timeless crap, the I mean, Apprentice. It's the same every year, yeah. Identical. And, like, every week when they're, like, he starts off and he's like, so I want you to film the advertisement. And then it's, hey, it's the advert week. <laughs> they're going to make dicks themselves. Like, anyway, yeah. I think Mitchell and Webb ruined it for me when they just pointed out the blatantly obvious, well, we don't get smart business people because that'd be really boring telling you. Get thick people <laughs> who think that they're smart. Yeah, get dangerous egotists. Yeah. Just for 12 weeks, expose them. Um, I can't get into the traitors, by the way. I'm going to give it two more episodes, and then I think I'm done. Not people, for you. People going traitor wild on uh, the timeline. But what are we talking about? Um, Dustin Rhodes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no, he's uh, like, this was perfect. I've really enjoyed Swerve targeting him uh, as a way to just be like that guy, that figure at the school who has made it darker nastier mm. and Dustin Rhodes is this like established figure and all of a sudden he's got his like he's got his gang swerve has and he's walked in as this nasty bully with his even bigger bullies with him his long side it's like whatever you thought this was it isn't that place mm. anymore I thought like Dustin Rhodes has been the perfect figure for that yeah and this match told that story really well as well he's dealt with like you have to stand up to someone like Parker Boudreaux and he does that and all of a sudden when it's just one on one then he might be old but he's not dead yet. Mm. There's still a fight to be had, and he might be blooded up, but he'll still fight through it. The one count was a perfect illustration of that. It was barely even one, wasn't it? He was showing yeah. up, like, powering up. It was as if he was, like, the taste of his own blood was what re-energized him or something like that. Swerve's a perfect heel for it. Um, you know, a, a, yet again, not another hot take, because Rampage struggles to help you find them. But Swerve <laughs> feels like another, like, AW champion in waiting. Yeah. It was a really cool period when you had the original four pillars, where I think they were nicknamed the four killers at the same time, but you had this idea of, like, you could see the next four and the next four, and then, like, AW just, like, the, just the amount of people on that roster kind of did away with that. It was like, well, I quite like to see something good for them and then something good for them, and then mm. so you couldn't identify, really, a bunch of nexts for the various belts. Swerve is a next for that belt. Mm. I don't know when, and he might be a couple of champions away, but he just, that his rise feels kind of inevitable. Yeah. Um, and we're getting the match now as well, that's going to be like his first big breakout singles match that, again, you assume is... I mean, I don't know about this Revelation card. There's possibly a like a longer discussion or a podcast in the how on earth you assemble this card. Mm. But, like, it's a big match. You know, what, what he's got next, anyway. Yeah, so, um, like I say, Parker Boudreaux pulls out Dustin DQ, and then they hoi him back in the ring and swerves, busting him even more open with uh, Parker Boudreaux's chain. Uh, they send in some security staff to get killed by Parker as well. He goes into the ring, gets the cinder block. They're going to... A stray of murder. Uh, the yeah. commentators were literally saying, I know obviously the security staff have been out there, but they're basically saying, this is a live felony we're watching <laughs> here. Uh, but before they can, yeah, murder Dustin Rhodes with a, his head on a cinder block, Keith Lee's music hits. And everyone's excited. Everyone's eyes, including Swerves and Parker's, uh, 
their eyes turn to the entranceway, to the stage, and who should slide in behind him. And he's one of the best in the arena uh, <laughs> doing the slow rise yeah. up from behind. Um, was it? Uh, Did it to Finn, Finn? Balor? Yeah, I was going to say. Ones, yeah. Magic, just behind, like behind, fins it in the corner, lands it, like, yeah. the gun fingers, and then Keith Lee just appears. And you're thinking, hang on, you weren't even on the apron. How are you doing yeah. this? Um, so, yeah, the mogul affiliates are facing the stage. Lee slides in, appears behind them, starts beating both of them up. It looks like he's going to finally get his revenge on Swerve, but Parker takes the bullet for him, and uh, Keith Lee's the one standing tall as the show goes off the air. Uh, uh, Keith Lee's back, and he's got new hair. Does he? I just thought he hadn't dusted the cinder block out of it. <laughs> and it was just a good bit of LTST brick law, perhaps. Uh, breeze block law. Yeah. Um, I thought this was great. Uh, genuinely, really great stuff. What I'd want out of episodic TV wrestling, ultimately, wasn't in any... My sensibilities weren't in any way offended by the DQ finish because that's just this stable hour at the moment. As you say, and the commentators, like, they were trying to... They were stuck between... Selling it as seriously as they could do without, well, if it's that serious, you really need to do something about it. You know, the cinder block, just the sheer violence of that being rested on mm. Dustin's, like the, Dustin's head being rested on it was like, oh, well, that's, that's the end of him then. So I thought that was it's really... Weird, it's terrifying, and yet me and Sid mentioned this on the preview, the fakest thing in all of wrestling, a cinder block. Yeah, you kill a guy. Like, the, you kill a guy, or you do what Scott Hall did to Steve Austin, and one evaporates the dust at the... Like, Steve Austin's knee, apparently, is stronger than the brick. <laughs> because if you hit... If I hit you with a cinder block... What will happen is your kneecap will explode yep. because that's the power of the block. Not in wrestling. Wrestlers have got pretty strong kneecaps <laughs> and the block explodes, but it hurts anyway. Um, Keith Lee and Swerve feels hot. Keith Lee's return was really cool, mm. really well handled. Uh, I assume the follow-up on Dynamite will probably only be verbals and that, but like get them back it in action. doesn't need much, does it? Like, Not really. Of, compared to everything else, like we've got... Which is have we actually got confirmed on this revolution card? Just the one? three, I think. Oh no, sorry, yeah. What am I Tags, thinking? trios, and MJF, I think. Is that right? Uh Tags, Trios hasn't been confirmed. Mm. Tags, MJF, Samoa Joe and Wardlow, ah, of course, yeah. and the Texas Deathmatch, Moxley oh, yeah, and Page. Yeah. But yeah, out of everything else. I don't want I don't want like Ten more. <laughs> Slow down, Isn't Tony. The last match is an hour. Thanks for putting the pay per view on a Sunday night. We yeah. appreciate that. Last match is a shoot hour, like ignoring entrances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, you are right. We need to have a longer discussion, especially when he's here yeah. about this Revolution card because we are getting closer. And yeah, you, we were talking about this in the office the other day. As much as I love and I, I something like Keith Lee and Swerve, I'm like absolutely that's going on the paper. Obviously, it has to. But I'm also like. Right, there's got to be a really strict policy with how many of these things we're letting on. This pay-per-view is Tony Khan's signing wrestlers discussion of 2023 mm-hmm. because a match comes up. Like, we've just talked about the trio yes. one and this singles match where you're like, oh, wait, you got to put that on the card. And then you're like, oh, hang on, but there's like 15 matches all of a sudden. <laughs> and then Swerve and Keith, like, well, that's got to go on the card. Like, the, this, the disputes are starting to come together. But aye, there maybe needs to be a little bit of discipline as well. You know, there's going to be more battle of the belts. Dynamite has had a lot more um, big time main events this mm-hmm. year. Like Page and Moxley's happened entirely on television. You can use television yeah. as a, a, a TV main event as a way to pay off some of this stuff. I appreciate now wrestlers are probably getting paid more for working the pay per views. But take a sit. You know what? Just take a serious look at who really deserves the slot. And for, uh, Chris Jericho. And Ricky Starks could go on dynamite. Can you foresee a problem with that? I can't. No. 
just get it over and done with. Let Ricky, let my stocks go. I can't see any discussion backstage that would change anybody's <laughs> mind about why that wouldn't be. Oh, okay wait a second. Something in the Observer. <laughs> uh, but most importantly, Wrestlers we'll backstage was said to be fuming at Chris Jericho's omission from Revolution. A source close to the uh, to the Wrestling Observer said uh, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roll will not stand for this disrespect. I think it was Rick Baker. Yeah, our source said there's a little guy in there. <laughs> but most importantly, Keith Lee back. Great news. Great, really good. Nice to see him. Looking forward to the match. Yeah. Uh, right. Let us know your thoughts on AEW Rampage and well everything else we discussed around it on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at Michael Hamflit. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. And make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. The three of us will be back on Wednesday, of course, to preview AW Dynamite. Uh, and me and Hamlet will be back a little bit later on today to look ahead to tonight's episode of Monday Night Raw. Uh, but for now, this has been the Rampage Review. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.